0: Good afternoon, good evening. Shout out to our virtual family. I'm Venita Rodman Jenkins. My pronouns are she, her, hers. And I'm so very excited about the opportunity to share with you this morning. I'm on executive council here. I've been with Forefront since July, and it's been a joy ride, I can honestly say. And I thank God um, for this opportunity. So I wanted to just give a quick plug to the fact that after church. Um, if you go to forefrontnyc.com slash cafe, you can have the opportunity to have a conversation with people who have zoomed in to the service. Um, and you can chat about the service and just find a space of connection. So just remember that after service for those tuning in virtually, you can continue to connect about the service. Um, I know Mac talked about this in her announcements, but you know, I really feel the need to echo what she shared about next week with the special little promo. Okay. With the little call and response. Let's just see if everyone's awake today. Do you know what next week is? Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. So that was a song circa the nineties. Okay. So I wanted to just put in a little, another little plug. If you're online, people actually saying it's our anniversary. I think Tony, Tony, Tony back in the day. Okay. All right. So I'm really excited about our ninth anniversary. Please come. Um, if you are typically tuning in virtually, I invite you to join us in person next week. There are so many wonderful surprises in store, so we in highly encourage you to bring a friend, invite a, f- a loved one. If you've been talking the church up to people, you know, invite those individuals to join us. We, it's going to be a great celebration next week. Amen? Awesome. So today I'm going to be preaching from the subject, Finding contentment and freedom. And while we are joyous and we are happy about so many things, our anniversary, new jobs, new homes, we know that there are a number of other things that have us frustrated and have us um, really angry, sad, depressed, anxious, not just in the world, but in our personal lives as well. Can anyone relate? Absolutely. We have seen so many things on the news. People are being victimized and are being uh, violated um, at borders from Haiti to Belarus, Um, flight attendants, are being uh, victimized for just doing their jobs and asking people to wear masks. Store owners and uh, restaurateurs are being ridiculed and humiliated because people just want don't want to follow protocol. And let's be honest, racism still exists. Heterosexism still exists, ableism, xenophobia. We are living with all of these things in life, in the world. Our personal situations um, are challenging. We might have financial issues. We might have broken family relationships. There's quite a bit of strife, and it's really hard to find peace and satisfaction when there are so many things going on in the world and within our personal lives as well. There was a recent Gallup poll that came out at the beginning of the year that talked about personal life satisfaction and they actually said that the percentage points went down about eight points at the beginning of this year in terms of how satisfied people are with their personal lives and of course we attribute much of that to the economic downturn as a result of the pandemic and all that we are going through as a result of what has happened over these last couple of years you know i have experienced those times many times when i have been searching for peace and I have felt trapped and like I was in bondage, and it was so difficult to find a sense of freedom. I could have chosen from a number of things, but this morning, I was actually thinking about a time when I was applying for PhD programs. And I wanted to pursue my doctorate in counseling psychology or clinical psychology. And I had so much writing on this particular degree. And I had applied to a number of schools. And I didn't get into any of the schools I applied to. And I think I applied to, like, at least 10 schools. And it was heartbreaking. There was one school that I actually was waitlisted for. And the director of the program told me that any other year Vanida you would have actually made it in. And on one hand, I'm like, I was close. And on the other hand, I was like, gosh, that's not satisfying because I still didn't get in, right? Um, and the reason that I felt trapped and in bondage as a result of not getting into this program is because I had so much writing on this degree, I had envisioned where my life was supposed to go. I had thought about career options. I had seen the whole plan. And it didn't turn out as I had expected. And it was difficult to come out of what I was struggling with. I didn't feel like I was smart. I felt inadequate. I had low self-esteem, lack of confidence. I was struggling with so much, and I was not satisfied with my life. And I got to a point where I just had to release it and give it to God and understand that even though I was upset about the situation, I felt like in spite of it all, it took a minute to get there, but in spite of it all, God had a plan for my life, and what I thought would be the plan and the vision was it. And God had something else for me, something that was more fulfilling. Praise God that I'm here now. Um, but it, it was a struggle. It was a struggle, and I felt trapped and like I was in bondage. And and I began to think about that as I prepared this sermon, as we focus today on finding contentment and finding freedom. And I believe that we can be edified today through scripture, through the Bible, in the New Testament, in Paul's writings. Ho ho ho. Now <laughs> I will I will tell you that as we think about Paul, many people are actually very triggered by his name. And certainly by his writings. Because Paul's writings have been used to oppress people, and I want to acknowledge that today. Paul's writings have been used to discriminate against women in leadership, against the LGBTQIA community, against black people, against people who are divorced, and the list goes on and on. And while I acknowledge that, I also believe that there's a way, as complicated as Paul's writings are, that we can reclaim scripture. And I believe there's a way that we can use scripture to edify and to lift people up as opposed to tear people down. All right? So we're going to find that strength and edification In Philippians today and it is Philippians 4 verses 10 through 14 Philippians 4 verses 10 through 14 and it reads I'm glad in God far happier than you would ever guess happy that you're again showing such strong concern for me not that you ever quit praying and thinking about me you just had no chance to show it. Actually, I don't have a sense of needing anything personally. I've learned by now to be quite content, whatever my circumstances. I'm just as happy with little as with much. With much as with little. I've found the recipe for being happy, whether full. Or hungry hands full or hands empty whatever I have wherever I am I can make it through anything in the one who makes me who I am I don't mean that your help didn't mean a lot to me it did it was a beautiful thing that you came alongside me in my troubles this is the word of the Lord Thanks be to God. Amen. So the book of Philippians is a letter of thanks that Paul wrote to the believers at the church of Philippi. It's full of affection as he expresses gratitude for all of the love and support that they gave Paul as he helped to strengthen and grow their church and it was during his time of need this particular letter also gives instruction in church unity and how important it was for them to be unified and connected as a body of believers and through this church paul felt affirmed and supported and loved And he talks about how happy he is for everything that they have done for him. Paul expresses gratitude. And he acknowledged the fact that the support that they had for him was strong. And he said it was strong concern that they had for him because they never stop praying and thinking about Him. How beautiful it is when a body of believers can come together and know that they are being supported and loved by each other, just like us here at Forefront. We have people who are praying for us, who are thinking about us beyond Sundays, beyond the small groups, beyond the virtual space. It is so important to have that love as we continue to face the challenges that come our way. And Paul continues by saying, I've learned by now to be quite content." He's learned how to be satisfied and at peace in spite of the various circumstances that he's going through. And Paul said, look, I'm happy whether I have or whether I don't have. I'm happy if I have a lot and I'm happy if I have a little. And Paul said he found the recipe. And I love the way the Message Message Bible frames this. I found the recipe. (laughs) It's it's one thing to sort of cook, um, you know, at will, if you will, and kind of pull things together. I think it's great. My husband, Todd, he's a great cook. He cooks that way. But I need to find a recipe. Can anyone relate? (laughs) And there's something about finding that recipe and bringing things together in a particular way that makes a particular dish or meal come out the way that you want it to. And Paul found the recipe for getting through his struggles, for getting through trying times. And the reason that this is so significant is because it's thought that Paul wrote this letter while he was in jail. Can you imagine while he was in bondage, while he was trapped, not just for any reason, not just because he was just hanging out with friends. It's because he was doing the work of the Lord and he was in prison for that. And in spite of that, he was still able to pen these words. Whether I have a lot, hey, whether I have little, I have found the recipe for contentment. I've learned in whatever situation I'm in to be content. And what's interesting to me in this particular text is that he says weather full. So sometimes we think that because we have a lot of things or we've amassed a lot of material things and we have a lot of wealth and there's nothing wrong with that, sometimes we think that that will bring us contentment and peace and satisfaction and sometimes it does but not always right so Paul was saying hey whether I have a lot or a little I've learned to be content and Paul in another verse of scripture in Philippians you know Paul said I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me You know what the Greek translation is for that? I am strong for all things. I am strong for all things by the power of the one who empowers me. And that's how we can get through our situations, our challenges, our trying times, understanding that we are strong for all things by the power of the one who empowers us. Paul was content Paul was at ease. Paul allowed his focus to be on the Lord. He leaned in to the power of God. He understood that the joy of the Lord, even in prison, was his strength. You know, this month, I actually felt like I was trapped. And I actually just felt like I was so discontent that it was just hard to get to a place of satisfaction now i knew september was going to be a doozy of a month because we were moving and how many have moved before you know what that's like okay no matter how much you prepare for it no matter how much you plan for it moving is hard Okay, so we put things on, my nephew put things on Facebook Marketplace, and we gave things away, and we had to purge. And moving brings up so many emotions. Amen. Should I keep this? Should I not keep this? I haven't worn this in a long time. Do I really need these papers? Does this bring me joy or not? (laughs) Amen. (laughs) So... We were going through that all month. But we we knew that it was coming and we were sort of prepared for it. But, you know, sometimes there are those things that come up that you're not prepared for, like Hurricane Ida, okay, when you lose two cars. And you don't just lose two cars. I mean, they are supposed to come and pick up the car and they've been calling for three weeks, got a call this morning. Does your car still need to be picked up? We let you know that it's in a lower area, and the tow truck can't be too big. It needs to be a smaller tow truck. And no matter how many messages we get to this one particular place, no one ever gets the message. So we have all these tow truck drivers calling us and asking if they can pick up our car and this and that. And a woman called yesterday, and she said, am I your first call? I said, no, you're like my 10th, with a smile. (laughs) They called this morning trying to work it out. One car got towed, the other we're still waiting for, right? And not only that, the elevators in our building weren't working. We live in a complex. Some of the other elevators were working. Two of the other elevators, ours wasn't. Now, it was good to get the exercise. We live in a building with a number of seniors. It was frustrating because some of them couldn't even leave the floor. I mean, I only live on the fifth floor, but still, some people can't walk, and not just seniors, okay? So it was a lot. And then... For the last couple of weeks, and praise God, over this weekend, I mean, I've really felt awesome, but I really wasn't feeling well these last two weeks. And when you're supposed to be moving and trying to get things done and, you know, it's just a lot, and then you don't feel good. And I'm not one to get sick. I don't do sickness well at all, Um, and I'm, you know, you're trying to be healthy, you're trying to do all the right things, and then you get sick, so thank you for all the folks who were praying for me, I feel a lot better, I thank God, Uh, but it was difficult, and I wound up going to the emergency room, and I was there all day, one day, and I brought my book along, because you know, when you're in the emergency room, it's going to be a long wait, now, I know that I was in pain, but I still needed to read, (laughs) and It was interesting because the nurse practitioner was talking to the radiologist because I was getting some tests done and the nurse practitioner said, you know, this patient said that she's in excruciating pain and she knew that I was, she acknowledged it. And she said, she's in a lot of pain, but she's reading a book. And I, and I kind of chuckled. I kind of chuckled. And then I'm like, wait a minute. Because I began to think about the disparities in healthcare as it relates to black women and other people of color. And I'm like, hey, I know that myth that's out there where people think that black women can just endure this pain and be okay. Right? And, and while... Honest to God, I believe I received awesome care there. I thought about this, right? So now I'm carrying this. Is she really, does she really believe that I'm in pain? Does she not? It was kind of strange. And then I had to carry, like, the bias stuff in healthcare, and I carried my pain, and I'm like, I got to get some reading done, right? So there, there was a lot, all in the emergency room. And I got through it, thank God, um... But before I got through it, see, the struggle was that two days later, I was supposed to go to California. As many of you know, I actually live with my parents, and they were on vacation in California with my sister and her family for a month. And it was my husband and I's job to help escort them and accompany them back to the East Coast and not only was it my husband but it was his sister so I had my sister in love and and not only that but my sister was in a one-woman show in California so there's all this stuff that's supposed to take place and I'm not feeling well and after I left the hospital um I early Thursday morning we were supposed to go to the airport I said Lord I just can't believe I'm going through this I mean, I'm trying to do this work. I'm trying to serve. I'm trying to minister. I'm trying to take care of my parents, trying to make sure they're good. I want to support my sister. We have this big trip planned. It's my sister-in-love's first trip to California, and I feel horrible. And, you know, I began to pray. And as I prayed, I felt a relief, and I felt a sense of peace, and I felt healing, come through my body and even though I was thinking about not going I felt better than I felt than I had felt in a couple of days and I said I think even though I'm not in as great of pain as I was I think I can make this trip and this was the wee hours in the morning because it was really hard to sleep and Todd got up and it was like four o'clock and he said do you think you're gonna make it and I said, "Yes." I'm going to go in faith, and I was able to go um, not 100% there, wound up going to urgent care there. They gave me more medication, but the fact is I made it through, and God, even through all that I was going through, allowed me to have a sense of peace and freedom, and contentment, being surrounded by family and friends, and I was able to get to a point where I was able to rise above everything that I was going through, and just trust and rest in the Lord. Amen? Well, what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you as it relates to all that you are going through, and all that you are experiencing in your personal lives, in the world, Be encouraged today and know that you can find strength and peace and joy and love as you continue to lean in to our great God. Even when you feel trapped, when you feel in pain, when you feel like no one is for you, when no one understands you, just know that God sees you and God loves you. Even when things feel like they're out of order and things will continue to feel that way. And not only did Paul feel this way, not only did I feel this way, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King struggled with discontentment as well. Our great civil rights leader. And in his letter, from a Birmingham jail, Dr. King had the strength and the courage to be able to write to white clergymen who had actually criticized what he was doing. They criticized his demonstrations and they labeled him a lawbreaker. And he act- attempted to explain to these clergymen about the fact that people needed to release their resentment and their frustrations, and they needed to be able to be free of what they were experiencing. And Dr. King said about all that these black folks were experiencing and going through, Dr. King said, let them march. Dr. King said, let them make pilgrimages to the city hall. He said, let them go on freedom rise and try to understand why they must do so. If their repressed emotions are not released in nonviolent ways, they will seek expression through violence. Sidebar, there's an African proverb which states, a child that is not embraced by the village will burn it down to feel its warmth. Dr. King went on to say, I have not said to my people, get rid of your discontent. Rather, I have tried to say this normal and healthy discontent can be channeled into the creative outlet of nonviolent direct action. And now this approach is being termed extremist. Dr. King went on to refer to Jesus Christ as an extremist for love, an extremist for truth. An extremist for goodness and thereby rose above his environment to be able to create change. And we are recipients of the change that Jesus Christ was able to create. Here at Forefront, we have embraced extremism. We Are creative extremists, as Dr. King goes on to say in his letter, we have positioned ourselves as disruptors of the status quo just by being a church that has committed itself to welcoming everyone, regardless of identity. Our healthy discontent can lead us to contentment and can lead us to freedom. Because we can channel all of that into a myriad of ways to help us make a difference in this world. To help us make a difference in the lives of people here at Forefront and in our community as well. This is when freedom comes. This is when we have true freedom and contentment. If you feel like your world is crumbling and you're just being challenged and is so overwhelming just know that God sees you we see you we are with you we got this you got this and we got this so here's some practical suggestions to help us as we continue to look for ways to find contentment and freedom express gratitude Every day, thank God for everything that you have. Journal it in your morning devotions, your evening devotions, your midday time with God. Write it down. Journal about it. Have an attitude of gratitude. Write those things down that you are grateful for. And then stay connected. Stay connected with your church community, with family, with friends, with your surrounding community. Know that where there is unity, there is strength. We have our life groups coming up. I would highly encourage you to connect with one of our groups. And then, above all else, trust God. God cares for you. In spite of your circumstances, in spite of everything that you're going through, Please believe that you can trust God. And I'll close with this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways, continue to acknowledge God and God will direct your path. And the people of God in person and virtually said, amen, amen. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you for this time that you have given us to be able to reflect on all that we are experiencing. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to receive the message of hope today, the message that we are assured that you are for us and that we can find contentment and freedom in you. We thank you and we praise you and we love you, dear God. Amen.